Anything else? Just uh, making me think of something I think I mentioned in one of the uh, meetings over the summer was that I sort of had a bit of a realization a couple of months ago that, uh, you know, I, I've never, I, I've always taken very seriously the idea that I'm not supposed to manipulate the breath uh, in, in meditation and vipassana practice, but, uh, but I sort of came to the realization that I have so many deep-seated habits related to the breath that eventually I had to actually consciously go, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take some deep breaths, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, as a part of being kind to myself, I'm going to indulge myself with some deep breaths because there's a part of me that wants that. Mm -hmm. um, and I notice that in the course of meditation session, I can actually start to notice that the muscles around here are just tightening. I don't know, there's a tension developing. And so every now and then I have to go, yeah, I know I'm not supposed to do it, but, <laughs> but I need to uh, counteract that pattern. You know, when I sit down to meditate, I, you know, I'm not starting from a neutral position. Mm. You know, it's, it's, I, I can try to be receptive, but I'm not a neutral receiver sitting down. And there's certain things that now I have to, I have to take some deliberate countervailing action to my deep habits mm -hmm. to, mm -hmm. to be receptive. Do you find that uh, when the tension is arising in the belly, do you notice that there's any uh, condition that's arisen which then gives rise to that tension? Um, I'm, I'm never quite sure, but I feel there's like a deep resistance almost to the kind of to the kind of releasing that goes on in meditation when you actually find silence. It's like there's a part of me that wants to grab that, like, like it's actually a positive experience that brings in attention, mm. uh, a pleasant experience, and, and, and I go, there was some silence, grab it before it goes away, mm. you know, <laughs> at, a, at a deep and very quick level. Um, yeah. I can sometimes find a meditation session can actually end up leaving me quite tense in some ways. In fact, almost the more, you know, pleasant the session was, right. the tenser I can feel about half an hour or so after. After, um, mm -hmm. and I think it's because I'm, you know, at the same time as I'm opening and seeing the silence and the stillness, there's a busy part of me seizing it. Right. So have you, uh, have you ever, when that, so that's a, that's a very, uh, that's a pattern that you've just described, a mental pattern, yeah. a habit of the mind that you've just described. Have you ever, um, when that arises, uh, you know, and there's, there's a mindfulness of it, there's an awareness of it in the moment, mm -hmm. letting, the, like, letting that be the object of your awareness. No, I mean, I'm a, I become aware of it, and... Um, Is there a judging of it? I think so, I think so, yeah. So it's just, it's just a habit of the mind, it's not self. Mm -hmm. so, so just as there's a, there's a, a kind of a, a solidifying around an experience, I want that, and then, and then, uh, so there's a there's a an arising of grasping, and then there's an arising of 
self-judging or resisting, you know, because the grasping is known in the mindfulness, but the resisting is identified with. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think I think you're right. That the, I'm still observing the resisting from behind the wall of me. This is the real me. Right. That the real me is feeling tense and is resisting, but it's the real me, so I'm not going to observe it because that's right. really me. I'll observe a physical sensation of tension, but back here, I truly am resisting, and, yeah. and rather than uh, putting the resistance. It's on the just other another side of the object. And, yeah. It's just another mental, mental formation that's coming up, mm -hmm. and can be known. And as as all mental formations, you know, it's it's impermanent, it's unsatisfactory, it's selfless, and when it's known, it self liberates. When it's when it's just allowed to be in awareness, self liberating is basically just saying it arises and passes away, and it's known. It's it's impermanent nature. It's selfless nature is known. So, um, so the so the sati of mindfulness, the remembering of mindfulness, is to remember that that too, when next time it arises, is not self. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> it's it's interesting because in my own, I've been working with not resisting resistance myself because I see resistance. Um, Resistance, from what I've experienced, is cause of, of all suffering, really. Like when one resists whatever's, if one cannot resist what's arising, then there's no, it's all the resistance. However, the mind is so quick and tricky that it will start to, like you have to be able to, you have to be mindful of the resistance itself, like not resist the resistance, because the mind will start resisting not, it's amazing. Like I'm going. Like I'm just it's exhausting too. So, yeah, it is. It's just like it never ends. You know, first you think, okay, I got it. No, just don't have to resist anything. But sure enough, <laughs> then it's about not resisting the resistance, and it's like it's just really amazing, actually. But it's I, I suffer with the same kind of things. Like yeah. I, I see the resistance, but it seems like there's just constantly something to. Because I'm it's, suffering. you know, again, because it's, it's something that, I mean, it, it's great to understand it. It's great to have an intellectual understanding yeah. of it, you know, and, uh, and then we need to be, to experience it. That's right. To, so, so it's the remembering and it's such a dance, you know, like we really have to be uh, not hard on ourselves. It's not, you know, it's not a performance it's 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 unlearning the habits of the mind and and we and the reason why we're motivated to unlearn it is because we see clearly that it's suffering you know and we see that when when these when we're not kind of drawn into these habits it's it's freedom it's and it's, it's ease but don't you I think the human condition is such that one it's not, well, I don't know, but my feeling about it right now in this moment is that it's kind of an impossible, one as a human being will never be able to reach a state where you don't get drawn into things. Like, it's just, you'd have to be... Buddha. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so for us ordinary people here, it's not, you know, it's just, I think 
that wanting that, like just like he wants that to grasp onto that moment of peacefulness or whatever it is he feels, it's like it's hard for us to not grasp towards that and then um, be caught in that. I think I don't know. Yeah. So Buddha just means it's just a word that means awake. You know, there are no Buddhas. There are no Buddhas. You know, a Buddha is not a person. A Buddha is a quality of mind, which is free, uh, open, compassionate, uh, accepting. So, so, um, so, you know, it, to be Buddha just means to be awake in, in that moment, and in a mo- and in a moment of of not grasping. You are Buddha. Moment, moment to moment. I, yes, it's true. There are moments of that. And there are moments. There are moments of not. Right. Yeah. Right. That's, if that could be good enough, that would be really great, I guess. So, wh- why is it not good yeah, enough? It's, I'm just, I don't know why, because that's what my mind Because you doing. want to be a perfect self. Yeah, I don't want to, but it keep, it's so deep yeah, that it keeps happening. That, that, I don't want it. That I want quest to throw for it perfection. All away. Right. I can't. Right. It's not yet it possible to for it to be to let it go completely. Okay. It keeps arising and arising, and I and see it. and It keeps arising. Yeah, that's, that's how it right. Goes. It's a habit. Very, yeah, it's a deep habit. Some of our habits are very deep. Yeah. So 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 you know we can use humor. We can use uh, you know uh, you know there's that perfectionism again. You know there's that. There's that one, you know, the, 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 the longing to be a perfect self. Um, you know, like, and, and sometimes these, these mental states manifest in a way that, you know, they're so clear. You know, there's, it's like, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of a, a good metaphor, you know, it's like, it's like looking, often um, uh, looking at a, a pond or looking in the water is used as metaphors to describe different qualities of mind. And, um, and just in a general way, sometimes you see something uh, through the water, and you, and, but the water's a little murky and you, and you don't see it that clearly, but then, then in a moment of, you know, the, the, the water is clear, the water is still, and it's almost like, you know, it's arisen out of the water, it's so clear, you see it, and, uh, and, 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 uh, and those are really wonderful moments, I mean, even if it's sometimes painful to see these states of mind, but, but they're, they can be clearly seen and recognized. You know, and somehow the expectation that once one sees that, that it will, that that's how it should, some kind of delusion of how things are, that, that once, somehow my delusion is that if I can achieve that, how come it disappears? Why isn't it permanently like that? Now that, you know, it's not because that's just not the nature of human experience, I suppose. It can't be sustained like that, that you see clearly all the time, every minute, uh, I guess. Anyway. It's, it, you know, there's a, um, 
There's a way in which awakening is in a single moment, and there's also awakening that is, you know, gradually over many, many years of practice. So there are two basic schools of Buddhism that are, that are kind of uh, framed around these two uh, different views of awakening. So there's the sudden awakening school, and there's the gradual awakening school, you know, and, and, uh, and so, you know, and different practices are classified under these kind of uh, heading, you know. So, you know, like Rinzai Zen, you know, is a sudden awakening school, or Soto Zen is considered a gradual awakening school. But in my understanding, and what I've heard from many teachers, is that even in the sudden awakening school, there's a gradualness of it. Because you might have a flash of insight, but then that you still have a body, <laughs> and, you're, and you still have neural pathways, mm -hmm. which need to be, you know, transformed through doing things in a different way. And, you know, we hear so much about the plasticity of the brain, and, and that is a part, but it takes time. And it takes a, uh, a repeated um, practice and, 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 a, and a returning to, an opening to, you know, different states of mind and, and not getting caught up in, in... And then in the graduate school, you know, where, where they emphasize the, you know, the, the, trans, the gradual transformation over time, still there are transformational insights that happen in a moment and that really feed us and nourish us and energize us to maintain our, uh, our step by step, you know, walking on the path. So, so it's just different ways of seeing it. And, you know, and um, I mean, you know, you're relatively new to this practice, you know, and, and um, you know, there's so much that you've, you've understood and so many, you know, insights that you've, uh, that have, you know, arisen for you. It's really, uh, it's really wonderful. And that impatience of, uh, you know, is, is also wonderful, but it can be painful. said the metaphor that I was thinking of anyway, but one thing was more a reflection I was going to share, but now it fits so well with this, was one thing I love about walking meditation um, is that it feels like a physical embodiment of how our minds change through time. Um, because as I was walking just now, I found myself, you know, starting out in a certain space. Um, and always coming back to my steps and my breath. Um, and at one point, finding myself in a blissful state of walking meditation, because I really like walking meditation, and wanting to grasp this blissful state of walking meditation, and all within one, only one stretch of the walking meditation, <laughs> I already plunged into thinking about the past and the future, <laughs> trying to keep my blissful state of walking meditation, <laughs> in the next couple of weeks <laughs> during walking meditation again. And you know, and it's, so it's like, there it is right there in that distance, in that 
actual physical distance of our walking meditation is I can see the shifting state of my spaces and and then coming back to being happy again and you know trying not to latch on to the walking meditation too much and just trying to just kind of find the middle way there and and it was just interesting because I was just thinking of all this in relation to what you're just talking about um, but then you said and then we come back to the steps of you know and uh, so it's, it's it's interesting to have such a physical uh, yeah. experience of it and to see in that path how much our states change. Yeah, well that's I mean that's the that's the space. You know, that's the the space, you know, within which the thoughts arise and fall. So when there's a presence of mindfulness, you know, so the space between the thoughts, you know, around the thoughts, you know, that's uh or the or the stillness in the walking. That's that's great, yeah. Something that I've mentioned in the circle before. We're steeped in a culture of have a nice day. So it's almost like have a nice meditation, be in a good space. And I always counter when someone wishes me this nice day and I'll take whatever I get. <laughs> so that's just me again trying to, okay, whatever I get. Yeah. Have something well, it's it's just um, the idea of the path to me has always been very important, and and uh, what Miriam was saying, it's I had an experience this week of of something that if it had happened two years ago, would have had a very different reaction to, and um, something happened to me, and it there was an impulse that I didn't act on, that I didn't react to. And so sitting with that, at first my instinct was, oh, I can't believe this is still bothering me after all this time. But then I saw, by, by really looking at it and examining it, how different it was from previous experiences that were similar. How much more space there is, how much less reactivity. And I think it's very important to, not to, to pat yourself on the back too much, but every once in a while to say, yes, this is different. Yeah, it's, it's a similar situation that I'm responding to differently. And I think that as we go along the path, we have those experiences, and they're very important to recognize. They are very important. And actually, there's a teaching in the uh, Four Foundations of Mindfulness, which, which points exactly to that. Um, the Buddha said, you know, it, when he's talking about mental states uh, and mental formations, <clears throat> He, and and he and he talks about you know when he, when he teaches about you know the afflictive emotions like um, you know sensual desire anger um, restlessness etc. He says notice when these are present. Notice the arising of them. Notice the manifesting of them, and notice the passing away. So he said notice when they're present. So that's a lot of what our mindfulness is, it's, it's we're noticing what's arising, but he also says, notice the absence of these states. So that's really, uh, that's really very, very important. I remember um, 
quite a few years ago in my practice and I was um, talking to a teacher at a retreat about, you know, it was the beginning of the retreat and he was just asking me something about, you know, what, what I had been doing before the retreat, what I had been involved in. And I was telling him something that I had done that I felt actually very good about how, you know, I felt that I had been skillful and that I, I ha it had worked out well and it had been helpful to people. And then I, you know, then the self-effacing, you know, mind, oh, you know, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be feeling good about this, you know. And he said, no, it's really important that you do take joy in the skill, you know. So if love arises, if, if, if generosity arises, if there's an absence of aversion or judgment, you know, it's really important to notice it and to, to take joy in it. Not to become a self, not to think, you know, oh, you know, I'm such a wonderful person. You know, that's creating a different kind of self. But, um, but, but to, to notice that these, that these skillful states or the absence of unskillful states are, um, are beautiful qualities of mind. And this, and this uh, helps to cultivate them. Yesterday on the Tricycle website, every day their daily pages that they write about was. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.